on this episode of Resi Week, ISC 2022 registration is now open and the Women in Consumer Tech Awards. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 298, Nominate Dominate. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my favorite people. First, we have Jamie Breesmeister. She is the CEO and boss lady at Integration Controls. How are you doing, Jamie? Doing very well. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. Then coming to us from the snow belt, Katie McGregor Bennett. She's the president of KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? Doing fabulous. Doing fabulous. Cannot complain. I'm, I'm jealous of the snow. Yeah. If, if you couldn't. I know. I know. But it, no, all this does is it's pointing to a really good snow season. And for those of us who like to play on the snow, they're, they're telling us we're getting it in October, which if we get actual snow in October, I'll be, I'll be super happy. I'm sending it like away. Snow. Well, it, it all comes my way. <laughs> well. <laughs> it either starts my way or ends my way. Either way, if there's snow, I, I get it. All right, let's uh, let's kick this off talking about snow, kind of, uh, with a story about February ISC twenty twenty two registration is now open. This comes to us from CE Pro. ISC is returning uh, or kind of starting in Barcelona, Spain, in February the first through the fourth. For the uh, biggest, t- typically the biggest uh, AV show in the world. Um, as I said, they've opened registration. And uh, last year, they, they kind of held sort of something in Barcelona. But it was, stop smiling, Katie. It was very, very small. It, it got lamb, lambasted a little bit. Uh, Jamie, when you when you see this, this is... Again, it's another big show. This is typically when they announce the registration is open. CES registration is open. It, there's no, there's nothing surprising about this. This is just the timeline of when these things happen. That being said, this is being announced just as there's a lot of, shall we call it, a kerfuffle over a VIXA uh, holding Infocom in Orlando next uh, next month, this month. Whenever that is, um, it, 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 I don't. I don't want to say is this too soon, but is this something that anyone in in North America necessarily should be paying attention to yet, or are we still in a, a wait and see as far as ISE? I think if for those that are planning to go or that traditionally plan to go, certainly plan. But buy travelers insurance just in case, because I, I just don't think that we've seen the end of this yet. I really don't. And, you know, in the article, it mentioned 700 companies have committed to exhibit, uh, you know, prior to this filming. We're like, well, how how many typically go? Um, those are just the ones that have announced that they're going for sure. Mm-hmm. And as we saw with Cedia Expo, it fell apart kind of last minute. So, you know. 
I have always wanted to go to ISE. I typically, I haven't. Um, and COVID got in the way this, these past two years. I didn't expect to go this year and I'm certainly not planning on it. But for those that do, um, I think traveler's insurance is a good thing. Yeah, it's it's always a good thing. I don't, I, I never right. under, undervalue the value of, of insurance. It's great. Katie, I, I'm trying to not, A, be, be negative about this. Good. Uh, but B, I'm, I'm also optimistic about it. What is your thought? What is your feeling? What are you hearing on as of, as of today, where it stands? I understand that most North Americans can likely go and come back with limited issues. There's still a lot of issues, but, but limited travel issues. But there's still a lot of potential for uh, increased restrictions, more so than, than likely decreased restrictions. And there's, there's that whole thing about this possibly just being another year of a, a localized European show only, with, with, with the exception of maybe some diehards that, that head over. What is your take on this? Do you expect this to be another year of, you know, kind of localized shows? Okay, so to the, those are two questions kind of packed into one, actually. So uh, let's micro-focus on ISE since that's the, the event du jour and then kind of a macro-focus on events and regional versus national or international. I, you know, I think as we sit here today in October looking at an event in early February as ISE is currently scheduled to be in Barcelona – I, Katie's crystal ball is a little murky, um, it, merely because there's, we're still in the middle of this, like, like Jamie said, and there's still so much yet to play out, right? Um, and, and part of what has to play out isn't just what's going on with the virus and the variants. It, it is and how do we return to mass travel, mass shipping of merchandise on a timeline that cannot miss, how do we get people in and out in mass of a building and of a facility and making sure that those who have contracted the virus or a variant of it aren't bringing that gunk into the facility on that day? And in that, there's some things that are – there's a long-term calendar and some of those, the last one. There's a nanosecond timeline. And I just – I think it's asking a lot of show management and, and honestly of, of society to try to have this figured out just yet in such a way that that return to what we consider normal um, and an event like ISE, it's, I just don't, I don't see it happening. And again, this is Katie's crystal ball and it is a little murky. Much can change. You know, we still have a ton of time before then, but if we're looking at what do we need to do to start planning and scheduling, you know, even early in the first quarter, such as it is, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think that's, that's a very, challenging conversation to have. I think the bigger scope is just as, you know, looking at it from an attendee, can you go and attend a show like this and do so safely? I I think that there are ways to reduce the risk for sure. And I think as long as, you know, you're okay wearing a mask because everybody else is and the greater good and all of that, you know, I think obviously you can certainly do an event like this with reduced risk. International travel on top of it all to me seems... Um, more complicated than ever. And mm-hmm. there, those complications become significant when you're talking about an employee or a business owner. You know, myself, I'm, I'm a small business owner. I support brands. So I'm kind of, I've got a foot sort of firmly planted in, in two places here. 
as a small business owner, can I afford to go and travel and to get sick, to come down with the worst of the, of the complications? That, you know, that's something that I have to take a look at. I can't. Not that KMB wouldn't run without Katie, but it is Katie McGregor Bennett is what KMB stands for. So it is kind of hard if Katie isn't 100%. So I have to I have to put a very strong consideration on that. Now, my professional life for supporting brands at events like this, will the show go on without me? Sure. Will the exhibitors have a strong a media presence without somebody like me there on foot in place working the show like we do? No. No, not just, and that's not just me. So it's for a number of reasons. You know, we don't have the same attendees. We don't, we don't have the same people in the booths, the subject matter experts. You know, brands are taking fewer people to these exhibits. So I think just the whole thing is there's, <laughs> we, we can't, we're not ready to go back to, to what that normal used to look like. So what does it look like then as a regional event? I'm all for it. And, and I just, you know, kind of shifting gears away from ISC, you know, I said kind of the, the micro and then the macro. I think the macro view is regional events are awesome. And regional mm -hmm. events are what we need right now. And I think if you look at the feedback from those who have gone and done regional events, both from the brand and the attendees perspective, it's a much richer experience. It's a much stronger potential ROI if you work it. But if you're a brand that just goes and works a regional show with your head and your phone and you don't look up or you've got your back to the aisle, it, no event is going to be great. So kind of the last part and what you always get when you ask me a question like this is, so what do you do to make the most of it? Work the damn show. <laughs> if you're going to go, work it. And to promote as you can, be on social media, be as, as present and available with your audience as you can be, but then also understand that there's a, a conversation after the place that has to, has to continue. So how are you going to be able to support that? You know? And I think that those, all of those types of considerations under the new normal go into this so that's a really long-winded answer but that's you know just kind of how i look at how i look at these things it's not we can't just come on to a podcast like this and go yeah this show's gonna suck we shouldn't go that's yes, we horribly can. irresponsible we totally can <laughs> they do it on av twitter every weekend <laughs> I, AV twitter every weekend. I know i, I can know. name so the people that do <laughs> and i'm not one of them <laughs> no nope. no and i i like some of my brit friends that oh i've said too much um but he probably doesn't listen to the show anyway, so we're good. One of the things that I'm, I'm very curious about is everyone keeps talking regional events. And, Jamie, you're in a region where I'm assuming, I'm going to make a very large assumption, that St. Louis is big enough to warrant local events for most manufacturers. Um, or, or at least some manufacturers. Whereas Katie... And obviously, I, I realize that you're not a uh, an integrator, but where you are, you're probably never going to get a local show. <laughs> I'm in a city that is half a million people, and I almost never, I barely get a rep, let alone a local show. So every time I hear someone, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, Katie, I just, I, I always want to bring this point up. Localized shows are great. But if someone holds, and we've got an event this week I'm supposed to go to in Toronto that I'll probably spend two hours at maximum as far as needed time, I'm going to lose an entire day to go to that show. And it's on my side of Toronto. It's not on the far side, which really sucks. What's the delta between the benefit of the local shows, getting more interaction and all this other jazz 
but that's still really, in my mind, only is super effective for companies that are located within maybe 45, 60 miles, 100 kilometers of those big, maybe what, 15 metros in North America? Am I wrong on that? Well, you know, you made a statement about how, like we're in St. Louis, we, we should have had some kind of regional show and yet we have not. Um, the closest. Where's the, where's the regional? Like, who, uh, where's well, the big thinking, regional well, I'm for you? Thinking of, I'm thinking of a CDA Tech Summit, for instance. And okay. for instance, I think the closest one was in Texas. Or <clears throat> how, how easily, close is that? Uh, Twelve hour drive. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yep. No. <nope. laughs> and and so when I think of regionals, I. I one, I think we should probably like give it a, a, ter- a term or some kind of like, you know, uh, boundary. Regional to me would be within a day drive. I could go experience the, the event and then likely be home. So without having to stay overnight. And I haven't even had that in St. Louis. So I would love a regional event, mostly because it's in the absence of a large annual event. So one of those, I'll take what I get, you know, if, if this is the world that we live in today, this is the world that we live in today. And I would much rather have a regional than to have uh, a, an annual event fall apart that turns into what it shouldn't have been. And last year, if I remember, ISE kind of did a similar thing. It was planned and then became kind of a, a regional four city tour, at which point, you know, maybe it was too late to have that happen. I don't know really the value of the attendees if they really got what they expected to get by going. Um, You know, I think we all want to live in a new normal. And the reality I feel is that it's just uncertain and a lot of it mostly about travel really. You know, the international stuff and flying and and people investing and sending their employees across country and then possibly coming back and infecting more employees. And, you know, the reality is that that's true. And, um, and it's it's hard to, as a business owner, um, be okay with that risk at this point in time, really. So, yeah, I, I hope that ISE goes well for those that, that go, but I do think it will be more of a regional event. I, I doubt there's going to be as much international travel. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what we've heard about uh, Infocom and what I'm hearing for the most part with CES is it, it's still, that one's been very muted, but it's there hasn't been a lot of excitement for the international aspect of that. It's been quiet. Yeah, it's been really quiet really for quiet CES. for CES. Isn't that kind of telling? Well, it, to be fair, to be fair, they have no product. <laughs> Nobody has anything there, to show. There is that too. There is that too. A show for the sake of having a show versus show. Oh my gosh! Having a One show of, because we've got a bunch of new product that people can actually buy. And Jamie, you and I have talked about, or, this or at least even times. like consider <laughs> talking about manufacturing it. It's not even like, can we buy it? Because CES doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not the bastion of like, hey, look at this awesome new thing. You can buy it today. It's look at this. We're never going to make it, but it's cool. <laughs> We're never making it ever. Never. Where's my roll up TV? Um, all right. Let's change topics before I go down a, a wormhole. Uh, res- residential okay. s- systems. Stop it, Katie. 
the WICT opens the call for nominations for their annual Legacy Awards. That is the Women in Consumer Technology. Uh, I believe last year, uh, Danielle Carr um, is, she's from Control 4, uh, and she was one of the winners last year, who you may know. But this is a fantastic thing. This is their call for nominees. Katie, um, we all know this is important, but why is it why is it important? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what I well, what Matt, I'm getting it's what I'm getting because... at is why is it important that you know, because with everything, it's not just this, it's it's literally any award ever. All you ever hear about is we don't get enough qualified candidates. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a job search, if you're looking for a board member for an association, <laughs> um, all of these things. There's always the the back channel discussion of we need more qualified candidates. We need more nominations. We need a larger pool. And I feel like this, just like a lot of the other um, recognized uh, award pieces, Everyone sits back and go, you know, I should nominate somebody like Jamie or Katie, but I'm sure someone else already has. How do you how do you get over that? How do you put the the importance on stepping up and, and nominating someone? We know a ton of phenomenal women in this industry. And I'm sure the majority of them never get nominated. Yeah, yeah, it is, is sad, but true. Um, it's sad, but very true. And I think there's, as we're starting up this conversation, I think uh, one of the, the best things that we can do is we need to, as an industry, we need to support the women in consumer technology. We need the Avixa Women's Council, all of those, not because we just broad brushstroke, we need to support women. To your point exactly, we need to support the next generation coming into our industry and supporting our growth. And without recognition of some of the smaller but strong players within the industry, we lose sight of the talent that exists here now and that can be grown upon. We also lose the opportunity to show the outside world all of the cool stuff that we do and the great people that work in the industry. So I think, you know, just from an industry perspective, any of these types of personal professional award programs are something that we all should be standing behind and, and mm -hmm. standing on a soapbox and celebrating. Um, w with the women in consumer technology, I mean, you know, Carol and the group, they have been working so hard on this for years and years, I think even well over 10 years now at this point, to to provide a pathway for women into and through this industry and with an upward trajectory. It's an amazing organization. They do a lot to support women and provide mentorship and all of that. So, I mean, there's a whole nother reason to do it. But what you find out, and even for me, somebody, you know, I've been in the industry for 25, almost 30 years now, believe it or not, there are still women that I have never met that are in my age group, that are in my peer group, that I didn't even know existed in the industry. And and that is, that's kind of what's, what the point of this is. Mm -hmm. There's some amazing talent that just, you know, for whatever reason, don't get recognized on the regular. And, and some of those, you know, like myself, up until quite recently, I didn't want to really put myself out there and do any self-promotion. That's not why I exist in this world. I'm here to promote other people. But if we don't take the time or if others don't take the time to have the care to say, you know what, like you said, Matt, you know, yeah, I should do that sometime. Have the care to do it now 
my mom always says, in a minute, never happens. And damn it, if it isn't true, <laughs> in a minute, never happens. And we really should take the minute now to recognize and submit the strong players in the industry who are women and, and allow them to be celebrated and recognized. You know, there's just some really great, if you look on the Women in Consumer Technology website, they've got a section for all of the honorees. And there's mm -hmm. just some really amazing women in there. And, you know, I, I'm looking through it now going, you know what? There's probably a third or more of these women that I don't know. That's going to be my, my goal for 2022 is to reach out and meet them. And yeah. not just because they're women, but because the industry has suggested that these are powerful players and I, I'd like to know them. I just want, you know, I want them in my world. So that's well, for me personally, that's, that's why I think it's important. But professionally from the industry, I think we, we need to, we need to rise above, you know, together. So. And, and I, I think that last point, is is one of the the key takeaways for for me in in most of these things is it's not just that when you know someone gets recognized with this award that you go oh wow that's that woman did a great job it's wow that person look at what they've achieved and Jamie how hard is it that so often that's kind of you know any any time any of these like group awards kind of happens, right? No matter what it is, right? Um, whether it's top professionals under under 40 or, or whatever, um, that it's all of a sudden, wow, look at that millennial. They did a great job. How important is it for us to get over the fact <laughs> that this isn't applauding women on being women, it's applauding people who have done a fantastic job in their field who also happen to be women. It would be great to just have um, an award for great character and consumer technology, right? Trailblazers in. And when you have those generic categories, the reality is that a lot of times women aren't a part of the list that makes it. <clears throat> to Katie's point, I think she said it, fantastically like her job is to promote other people there's a lot of women in this world whose job is to serve other people and therefore not be as prevalent in in the face of but yet without that strong person without their contributions the person they're holding up or or promoting couldn't get where they are so to that regard if, if you look at <clears throat> the face of these companies they're primarily men, and yet there's a lot of companies, I know of many, with women who are really behind the scenes supporting these key roles. <clears throat> Quite frankly, I was one of them. When, when we started our company in 2004, I was behind the scenes pulling a lot of strings, making stuff happen, really driving everything about what we did, and yet my husband, Jeff, it was seen as his company. It, it was, he was the owner because I wasn't mm -hmm. in front doing anything, but yet I was. Well, I wasn't in front doing it. I was behind the scenes. So now I'm in front. <laughs> now people can see <clears throat> for good, bad, or otherwise. Um, but, you know, I, you had mentioned having a good pool as well. I think there's kind of a, a general apathy towards um, – nominating people in general for anything, for any kind yeah. of award in any kind of industry, there's an apathy and a, and a, a perception of, it's a funny term, good old boys club, you know, funny term for this, for this topic, but 
Um, <clears throat> and what I've really seen is that's on some level, maybe, but that's not really always the case. And you're never going to be able to push against that narrative or move the needle if we don't submit people, whether that's we submit ourselves or we nominate others. It's, a, it's certainly important in any kind of opportunity when you're connected in your industry and you want to make a difference or highlight someone that's that's made a contribution, put their name out there. And keep doing it. Yeah. If I if I can. And I think that's it's easy to do it once if if you really mean it. Keep doing it until that person is recognized. And you know, for whatever reason someone might not get in this year and perhaps it's that the pool was so big and they had a limited number of choices or perhaps that person just wasn't seen quite as achieving whatever that extra thing, you know, continue doing it. If you believe passionately in it, continue to help promote that person and push them, push them forward. Honestly, awards like this can make someone's career really take off. Mm -hmm. um, it can provide them ample opportunities that wouldn't otherwise have, have been presented to them simply by being included in the list. So if, if you feel someone is a rock star, Nominate them, nominate them, nominate them, nominate them, nominate them. I can't even say it five times. I'm going to mess it up. It, I, just, I can't, nominate, I, nominate, I can't stress nominate, it enough. Nominate, nominate, nominate. Gotcha. See? See? I'm here for you. Nominate, <laughs> nominate. Nominate, 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 nominate. That's all going to get out of me. <laughs> well, and one, one, you know, to just add to that too, Katie, you know, um, you had said that, that an award can highlight, right, and show other people, other, you know, in this instance, other women that, not only can you be in technology, but you can be a key player in technology and not that you have to slash want to go for an award. But um, I, I had won an, a Cedia award a few years back and Amanda Wildman, Wildman introduced herself to me that night. And she said, I like you and I want to be like you. And I have, I, and until then, I don't think I had truly ever had an adult woman come to me and tell me that. And it felt great and, and strange. And I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really need to take like, the, okay, this is an award and it's going to collect us, but the significance of it is really much more than just a pretty thing that's going to collect us and, and, a, and a bullet that I can put on my LinkedIn profile. Like the significance of it is really that other women saw that event and they said, I want to be that. And that is really important. There, there's something really, and we've had Katie, I think you and I have talked about this quite a few times, the importance of awards. And we're, we're typically talking like product awards or project awards. And, you know, my company's won a couple of project awards. We're very proud of them. And the awards sit in a desk somewhere because after five minutes, you're like, yeah, I don't need that up on a wall. Uh, we're not all La Scala. Um, Nobody caught that. That's even better. Um, I caught that. But they, shh, he's Canadian. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. Sorry. Um, but I, I will say the the personal awards that I've won mean a whole lot more. And there's something about, you know, again, that, that thing. It does make you more noticed. It does raise your profile without you having to do anything. And whether that helps you get more work or whether that helps you do anything else if anything it gives you more confidence yeah. and you know some people don't need more confidence but it's uh it, it's always nice when you get it 
So go out there, nominate someone, because um, you know, we, we all know some amazing people. Absolutely. And I just want to throw one more thing onto this. I was talking with someone, Matt, you, you know this person really well, um, doesn't spend as much time in the residential space, but definitely works in commercial and has a little bit of crossover into residential commercial. Um, and they were recently uh, awarded one of the most powerful women in consumer technology awards. Mm -hmm. I was surprised by that. And we had a long conversation about the fact that it wasn't commercial and therefore it didn't feel quite the same. And to what I said to that was, this is all AV and AV is tech. This is technology. You know, you should celebrate yeah. this. This is an amazing. And I think that that's, you know, I, I just, I want to now elevate off of that, which is technology is technology. Technology is if we can be recognized for the contribution that we're making in our little tiny little piece of the technology world. And that makes it outside of AV. And that is a huge accomplishment for us as individuals, but it's a giant step forward for AV mankind, man. You know, like, so we need, to, we, we need, we need to start thinking a little bit bigger and bigger than just our industry and what some of these awards can do for a person or a profession or a brand well beyond our little AV piece of, of the pie. And that, you know, just kind of strategically, that's the kind of thing I think we should all be thinking about as part of the industry is how do we help our industry rise above and grow out, outside of, of its current constraints, you know? And I think this is a, these, these types of rewards are a really great way to do it. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, Katie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB, where can they do that? Oh, they can search for KMB Communications on the web. When you look for us, we're the ones with the mountain logo. If you want to look for me, I'm Katie McGregor-Bennett. You'll find me all over Facebook, Insta, Twitter, LinkedIn with uh, some combination of Katie McGregor or Katie McGregor-Bennett. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Jamie, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, uh, reach out to Integration Controls. Where can they do that? Yes, thank you. You can find us, our social handles, our control STL on Facebook and Instagram. And our website is integrationcontrols.com. Excellent. Thank you both again for joining us. If you were looking for someone to nominate, uh, both of them would be great. They are both phenomenal because uh, I only I only let people that are phenomenal come on the show once. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, now I'm going to get hate mail for that. Thanks for the See, endorsement. I'm just, I'm just changing hate mail as we go. First it was La Scala. Then it was one of our friends in the UK. I'm just moving it down the line. All right. Thank you both. Uh, thank you, everyone else who, who's tuned in. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me to send me that hate mail, you can do it on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.